0: Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio. Stone Peyton Lee Cantor here with you broadcasting over the Business Radio X Network. And this episode is brought to you in part by the Business Radio X Studio Partner Program, helping franchisees dominate their local market. To learn more about serving your market and growing your business, go to mybrxstudio.com. Lee, this is going to be a fantastic segment. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast. CEO with Eggs Up Grill, Mr. Ricky
1: Richardson. Good afternoon, sir.
2: Good afternoon. Thanks for inviting me.
1: Well, uh, Ricky, before we get too far into things, tell us about Eggs Up Grill. Uh, how'd that come about, and what's your involvement?
2: You bet. Uh, Eggs Up Grill was founded in uh, the mid-'90s, 1997 to be specific, in Pawleys Island, South Carolina. Founder Chris Godress, uh focused on a breakfast, brunch, and uh, lunch experience.
1: And it was just a, his one store yeah. or with the aspirations to be a franchise or?
2: You know, Chris is a third generation restaurateur, uh, out of Rhode Island. Uh, he and his wife, Pat, uh, picked up and moved, uh, from Rhode Island to a little bit warmer territory mm-hmm. in, uh, Myrtle Beach. And, uh, that was the whole business that he knew. As I said, three generations in the, in the diner business in Rhode Island. Uh and uh created that as uh an initial restaurant. No, not really aspirations to franchise or to grow.
1: Just to have a good quality local it, yeah. community restaurant.
2: Absolutely. And the quality of life that comes along with this for concept. Sure. Yeah, two o'clock close right, in the exactly. afternoon. You're finished with your family by about <laughs> three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh but uh is a very successful restaurant for him. He uh opened his second restaurant about four years later. Uh uh his in brother. In the same general area? Same general area at a myrtle beach. Uh his brother was the uh uh, bought that restaurant for him it Became the first mm-hmm. franchisee of Eggs Up Grill and is still part of our mm-hmm. system And then uh, grew a few at a time And then uh, brought on a partner An operating partner by the name of Skip Corn, uh, that started working Very close with him in the early 2000s And uh, uh, The business grew to 24 restaurants And then was acquired last year by An investment firm uh, based out of Spartanburg, South Carolina and that's when I Joined, uh, joined the brand
1: so, were you working with that investment firm, or they found you, you know, out in the wild somewhere?
2: Yeah, I, I did not was not aware of that investment <laughs> firm. I've spent my career in the restaurant business since uh, starting college in the cafeteria, uh, but I was most recently with a brand called TGR Fridays, uh, president, chief operating officer for that. My last stint uh, with Fridays, um, but was uh, doing some networking to find the next opportunity. Had the privilege to take a little bit of time off when I left Fridays back in 2016. And I uh, wanted to uh, get with a proven concept, but a smaller concept that I could help bring the experiences that I had and, and help grow a business. Uh, the breakfast category was one that analytically really appealed to me.
1: What so, do you mean by analytically appealed to you?
2: You're looking at business opportunities. Uh, so when you look at the full – thinking about the restaurant business, you look at the full service segment. The bar and grill category, uh, <clears throat> roughly called casual dining, is a very competitive category. A lot of legacy concepts out mm-hmm. there, just really slugging it out just to, to stay above water a bit right. and, and uh, stay even year over year. Uh, fast casual is a very active category, but it's been uh, pretty saturated over the last four or five years. Um, so bar and grill, legacy concepts, full service, uh Pretty static categories. Breakfast has been a really hot category, though, over the last four or five years, uh, as there are some very significant, uh, legacy players there, uh, but there has, uh, an opportunity for new concepts, fresher, better, friendlier, uh, better values to really, really make a, uh, a, a stamp on that, that opportunity. Uh, guests are really looking for that type of visit right now. though. the social. I'm what sorry. is
1: the um, kind of demographic of the breakfast? Like, why is that kind of a hot area? When it seems like everybody's going out to eat, or now they're you're being impacted by a lot of these kind of uh, bring into your house experiences. Like, why is breakfast still a?
2: You know, I think breakfast has is is an opportunistic category and, and a growing category right now. There's a there's a social aspect to breakfast that. That really crosses generations. And
1: that's a visceral – they have an emotional connection to breakfast that maybe they don't have with other meals?
2: I think so because I think it it prompts a lot of memories. Mm -hmm. uh, For most of us growing up, uh, either breakfast every day or breakfast on the weekends, particularly on the weekends, you might have multi-generational experiences. Uh, You might have spent the weekend with your grandparents, and so you're sitting down with your grandfather, as I did, having bacon and eggs. Uh, it's a very approachable food product. Everybody, most everybody loves bacon eggs and a little bit of indulgence (laughs) to that. Bacon eggs, pancakes, waffles, uh, those type of experiences. So I think the, it's got a broad social appeal across generations. It, uh, uh, it has a, you know, it's got a pretty, pretty good value play to it too as well. Breakfast pricing is usually very approachable. Um, so the social aspect, the affordability aspect of it, uh, the indulgence aspect of a lot of the items on a breakfast menu, I think create that type of appeal. And there had been a lot of new growth going on in that category. So, um, that, that I think is what is the air in our sales to help the brand grow.
1: And it seems and, like it's a place that people would go over and over once they found the one they like.
2: Yeah. I, I, you get frequency out of that for sure. And that's been part of the, uh, I think the magic behind Eggs Up Grill is this. It's a very, it, it's a very solid concept in the context of really good food, uh really approachable menu. But what really makes Eggs Up Grill sing is, is that friendliness and that connection you get from the local ownership. Mm-hmm. And so to your point about frequency, not only do you like the product and you enjoy the experience, but you build that relationship with uh the owner operator in that business and you get to know them as personal friends and so you get the you get the certainty of a concept i'm sorry of a brand but you've got that personal emotional connection with that local ownership there and through their team
1: now uh when you were choosing which direction to go after fridays i'm sure you were given you had a lot of choices what was it that kind of pushed you into uh Up grill like what was the deciding factor
2: you know, when I had the opportunity to experience it as a customer, even before I'd made the decision to so join. So you
1: were aware of it before?
2: Uh, well, no, I we, uh, was not aware of it. Uh, living in Dallas, Texas, <laughs> there it was a small watching, concept. Right. There was not, not one in Texas. And, and, not and yet. Not yet. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, but uh, I'd made the connection with the investment firm, and we had had a couple of phone conversations, and I was intrigued by the the longevity of the brand, what I saw about the business model made a lot of sense to me. I was really intrigued about, um, effectively a hundred percent franchise system. Uh, I've had a lot of experience, um, supporting and, and, uh, helping franchisees be successful. In fact, I had a short three year stint myself as, as an operating partner in a, in a franchise system. So that part of the world, that part of the business model, I was very familiar with and have always enjoyed that part. So, uh, you know, on paper and in the conversations, it looked really good. But what really hooked me was uh, my first uh, few visits in the Greenville, South Carolina market, uh, where there are uh, seven restaurants now. There were five at that time. Uh, the opportunity to go in as a guest and nobody knew me.
1: So you were kind of mystery shop then. Mystery
2: mm-hmm. shopping before anybody knew me. Mm-hmm. And it was just incredibly friendly. Uh, got a lot of restaurant experience, so it was clear who the franchisee was or who was running the business. And just watching uh, – Daz Collins is her name – and just watching her go table to table and the names that she knew and people that knew her and her her team were just – So
1: they didn't know you were – They had no of,
2: idea who I was.
1: Right. So you were just there as a customer. I was
2: there. And I had the opportunity to do that in three or four downtown Greenville on Augusta Road. Um, had the opportunity to visit that restaurant. And it's a different ownership group. But I had the same type of experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, servers there, the manager there—it's uh, it's an operating partner in that restaurant. Just that same level of, you know, personal, personal interest and personal touch. So the food was very good. Uh, the ambiance was fun and relaxed and and, and casual. Um, but it was the personalities behind the, the service experience and how I felt, uh, when I was in that restaurant and when I walked out of the restaurant. If, even if I wasn't pursuing an opportunity, I would have been telling people, wow, you've got to go try it. a great experience. Yeah, it was a great experience. You need
1: to go try Eggs Up Grill. And then, so that. If that wasn't there, would that have been a knockout? Like you would have said, it A&M? would have, it would have
2: been a di- it it would have been a different level of diligence to make sure it was the right fit. Like, uh, could
1: you fix that and make that a memorable experience?
2: Absolutely, right? Because uh, that's what you're. Uh, that's what I was looking for: is that mm-hmm. next opportunity is a small concept I could bring some broad level of experience to and and be successful in helping them grow. But did they have the right formula in place? Right. Are we just fixing things on the margin to make it better and faster? Or we just fix, or is it a turnaround type situation? Right. Uh, that that wasn't one that on the top of my list looking for <laughs> right. a turnaround situation.
1: So now, what's your superpower? What are you bringing to the table for them?
2: You know what i what I hope I'm bringing to the table for them is uh, a real appreciation of of understanding what guests are looking for. Um, you know, we're in the restaurant business. We've got to have great food. It's got to be executed consistently well. Our restaurants have to be uh, sparkling clean. Um, we've got to
1: be- – There are certain non-negotiables, right?
2: Yes. Uh, and what I've learned over my 35-plus you know, years in the industry is that's not a guarantee of success, but it's certainly a guarantee of failure if right. you don't do those Table things sticks. well. Table right. right. You've got to do them well. Absolutely. But, uh, um, so how do, we, how do we do those consistently well and never fail? Uh, or if we do fail, how do we recover those in a smart way to where that guest appreciates not only the recovery but it uh, that we fixed one problem situation, but they appreciate how we did that, mm-hmm. and it's consistent with what the brand's about. But uh, also bringing together uh, – bringing up my experience and exposure to the systems and processes that help those things replicate so that we have the right tool kit. And the right playbook to provide to our franchise partners so that they can replicate that over and over again. And then a, you know, a view to how do we make the messaging that we put in front of our guests even more compelling and, and, and drive their interest? So how do we do the playbook so that we can be successful five stores from now, 20 restaurants from now, 30, 50 restaurants from now, those franchise partners be successful? Uh, how do we continue to grow that core, but not just about growth? It is about growth, but not about just new restaurant growth. It's about providing those tools to our partners to continue to grow their own business. Our partners put their, you know, they've kind of put all the chips in the middle of the table.
1: Right. They're betting on you.
2: Absolutely. Right. And uh, how do we, and uh, for lack of a better term, a partnership here, continue to grow that organic business in our existing restaurants. Um, because that's an obligation I feel we have as a franchisor uh, to help uh, do our part for our franchise partners to be successful. Uh, and our franchise partners are our best salespeople as well when our new prospects reach out uh, to find out what the experience is. And we encourage any potential franchisee to reach out uh, to as many as, as he or she feels the opportunity to uh, so that they really understand what the experience is going to be like.
1: Now, is a franchisee typically somebody that comes from hospitality or is this somebody who's looking at it as a business opportunity and they can then learn some of the hospitality skills? Or combination? Yeah,
2: it's uh that was another thing that I found really intriguing when I was doing my diligence on Eggs Up Grill is the low percentage of restaurant industry, um, franchisees that were in there that had past restaurant. Was that surprising to you? Yeah, it was. I'm not familiar. I hadn't been exposed to that that much in the business. Um, one of the I think beauties of the concept is that from a restaurateur's perspective, it's it's a relatively simple operational model. And we have a number of our franchise partners that don't have the depth of experience that, that some do, but have learned it very quickly and been very successful with it. And that's a key focus or filter for us as we make decisions to not only is it right for the guest, um, is it financially profitable for our business to do a new initiative or new product, a new mm-hmm. process in, in a way, but can we execute it consistently across all the restaurants? And that critical lens of understanding what our capabilities are is, is one of the smart filters we use to make decisions.
1: So now, um, from a franchise standpoint, is there any autonomy from the franchisee to bring some local flavor to the menu or things like that? Or is this kind of, this is baked, just kind of do what works?
2: Right now, we have a standard menu. But what we have introduced over the last 18 months is, is I feel, a very collaborative process in, in um a, a tactical example, we've activated a franchise advisory council. Mm-hmm. Uh, we and had, there
1: wasn't one in the past? Uh,
2: there was there was a formal organization behind that. It didn't meet with a lot of frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, so we uh, we met so often in my first year here that I had terrific uh, franchise <laughs> partner that said, hey, I didn't sign up for this many conversations. <laughs> so <laughs> would you find somebody to, to replace me? But uh, to your question about consistency across the restaurants, it, I believe it's really important that there are consistent experiences that's what a brand is about. Um, but we have involved our franchise partners to help us assess what's working and not working on our menu offer or our procedures or our tools that we're providing. And in the case of the menu, um, very collaborative approach of, of your, what are your ideas, uh, what do you see on the menu that's working and not working that we can improve. Uh, we're just in the process uh, this week – I'm sorry, uh, first week in November – of rolling out across six of our uh, existing restaurants, uh, another round of new test products, and we'll take franchise partner feedback as we make the decisions on whether or not we expand those across the system.
1: And then you have certain franchises, franchisees that are that kind of beta test, or do the absolutely does that rotate?
2: Uh, well, we we have uh, in the. F- In the time period that we've been there, we have leveraged that with our Franchise Advisory Council. Uh, Those six franchisees represent about a dozen. They raise
1: their hand and say, okay, you can do this here. Who'd like to participate
2: in this? And uh, we did that with our new POS system that we introduced last year.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, We've done it with new training programs that we've been formalizing uh, where things were a little bit more ad hoc in the past. We've spent a lot of time and energy um, in documenting um, what the brand is about, what the soul and the DNA of the brand is about. To make sure that we can be continue to be successful as we grow, uh, so we have used our franchise partners as as test uh, environments for those to make sure we're getting it right.
1: So now, um, when you're going to market, you mentioned that the uh, the best ones, I guess, are really immersed in the community and serving the community and have that kind of mentality. How do you handle the marketing? Is there a marketing kind of branding from corporate? and then the local boots on the ground are kind of have autonomy to go or you have best practices, hey, plug into the high schools or you have certain kind of...
2: It's, it's kind of all of the above. Uh, one, one of the first things we did coming on board uh, with the business was um, enlisted a, a an agency, uh, agency of record that has a lot of experience in the local store marketing mm-hmm. uh, piece of the St. John and Partners uh, has been a key partner for ours over the last uh, 14 months. And um, we have always, the brand has always focused on local store marketing, but we haven't been as formalized as we really need to be. We now have a what we call a local store marketing toolkit, it has more than 300 marketing assets in it. Wow. Uh, we started from a handful of those f- 12, 14 months ago, and through the efforts of our franchise partners, identifying a need uh, in their local community. We would customize materials for them, branded materials that, right. that certainly are representative of But they Exit don't Girl. have
1: to invest in creating from scratch. There's,
2: a, yeah, there's a mark, there's a brand. We funded this through a brand marketing fund. Mm-hmm. Our franchise partners pay 1% uh, to the brand for a brand marketing fund. We invest half of that back into social media advertising uh, for brand promotions. Um, but that is the funding behind our, um, local store marketing toolkit our franchise partners also pay a monthly fee to the agency that helps give them access to those as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, there's a 1% local spend, uh, requirement for those to do the local marketing. Uh, they'll support, uh, community, uh, community groups, uh, local schools, local churches or organizations. And in fact, on Monday in our, in our company restaurant in Spartanburg, we just had, uh, one of our really popular events called a pancake dinner. And it was, uh, uh, an elementary, uh, a, a nearby elementary school that brought in their uh, younger grades to come in. They were raising money for a pet project for homeless mm-hmm. pets in, in Spartanburg. And we had uh, in our restaurant hosted over uh, almost 200 guests uh, in their families that came in for a free pancake dinner. We wow. provide the facility and uh, the uh, the organization will pay for the food cost, but the labor is contributed by the franchisee and in this case by our own restaurant. Uh, But that that would be a tactical example of how we really focus on the local community and support there.
1: And then speaking of the local community, you brought somebody from Atlanta's local community. I uh, did. I absolutely did. Introduce them.
2: You bet. I'd like to introduce uh, Mike McClure. Mike and his wife Judy uh, are the uh, franchise partners here in the Atlanta area. They have a restaurant in Roswell and one in Alpharetta. Uh, Mike uh, will be soon celebrating his fifth anniversary as a, as a franchisee.
1: So he predates you.
2: He does predate me, and uh, <laughs> so I'm sure he's got some <laughs> opinions. These guys you, come well. and go, right, Mike? Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's been listening. Very, he's been listening very intently <laughs> we'll for the right. last for the last uh, ten minutes here.
1: <laughs> Welcome, Mike.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: So tell us a little bit about um, what drew you to the Eggs Up Grill franchise.
0: I used to, in a previous life, was a director of operations for another brand in the area for 13 years. Another breakfast brand? Yes. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I had made progress in becoming a franchisee for that brand. And then after doing the homework and finding out what it would take, it was um, pretty steep financially to come on board with this brand and... As it turns out, I have a brother who lives in the Charleston, South Carolina area, who went to visit the Mount Pleasant Eggs Up Grill, and he called me back and said, um, I know things aren't really going the way you want with this first adventure, but you may want to check out Eggs Up, because we, me and Maddie, his daughter, we just came there, and it was pretty awesome. You want to check it out.
1: So, so you so, weren't familiar with it prior to no, that? No,
0: no, I was not. I had been because we visit my wife's sister in the Polly's Island area and would go there, but it never, no, sit, sit with me. So then after doing some homework and making a phone call to skip corn, who we mentioned earlier, um, two years later, we opened in the Alpharetta location and it's been, uh, it's been awesome ever since we've, um, we're very family oriented in that I work there. My wife works there. Our children work there. Um, employees' children work there, and so uh, it's a very, very <laughs> deep-rooted... So, we, we don't encourage child labor, though, in our restaurants. <laughs> it's, it's not a...
1: Well. <laughs> so now, um, so this was different than what you had experienced with the previous group you were working with?
0: Yeah, it was a lot different in the fact that what struck me was the hours of operation. It's um, so nice to be done at 2.30 every day and my children i uh, have three children they were all very active in school in sports in activities and to be able to make all the ball games to be able to make all the right. the shows um and still get your work done and not have to be traveling um it it's it was it was very rewarding and um
1: so was uh, that the first kind of thing that you were like wow I can be done by two that was very attractive yeah, and to you yeah
0: it was attractive and at the time being done at two it's it's yeah you're never done it too. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you get, I get my That's best. That's what the brochure says. Right. Exactly. Read the fine print. Um, but I get my best work done when nobody's there. Right. You know, nobody's bothering me, pulling on me. I don't, we got that, this, this, somebody wants to talk to you. So it's, it's when I get the best out of my day right. is when there's nobody in the building. You know, most of mine is either in the kitchen, you know, managing labor, managing, you know, the food, doing a truck order, uh, talking to people all the time um yeah now,
1: have you been satisfied with the operation that they brought to you and said okay these are our systems was that congruent with what you had believed in before or were they bringing new stuff that you hadn't seen no before?
0: no this this industry is it's pretty much the same with just a different you know name on the outside of the building you it's all about the people if right. you don't give them good service with a quality product you're not, it doesn't matter what the name says, and it all starts from there. That's the you know brass tacks of it all. You better be smiling and putting out your best best effort, or you know they're not coming back. They have too many choices out there that they can go to and spend their money, so you better do it right. And one of the first things out of my mouth when we do our training uh, for new store openings is you get one chance to make a first impression, mm-hmm. and you blow it, you're gonna have a tough time getting it back, and I've been lucky enough that it's, they haven't really blown it. They've, um, they've done a very, very good job of getting to know the people that come in the store. And now it's to the point, especially Alpharetta, where 80% of our people that come in, they know them by name. They'll have their coffee sitting on the table. They'll have their water. They'll, some people don't even need a menu. Most (laughs) people don't need a menu. But when we do these new menu rollouts, take a look at these peaches and cream Oh, you're really like You this, really right? want to like this. If you like this, you're really going to love right. this. So that's, um, again, that's the neighborhood feel. That's how, how, how it works.
1: So now that's how you imagined it to be. And that's how it's turned out to be. Yes, after five yes, years.
0: Yes. And it has been. And I will say this, and it's not because he's sitting here every time that I need a question answered, or I want to talk about something that is going on with the brand. His Phone's always there. He'll answer. He doesn't you know, go to voicemail or he doesn't ignore it. And it's very important because I'm that franchisee that I don't need a lot of corporate support because I've been doing this most of my adult life. Right. And I'm kind of glad they're not in my backyard, you know, knocking on my door saying, People you know, out. hey, right. I'm in the neighborhood. Um, Hopped right. In. right. I'm to <laughs> <here> help. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's nice to be able to know. And then I'll tell you this when he comes to visit and the last thing out of his mouth will be "What can we do for you? Mm-hmm. what can we do for you? What do we need and you know usually it's nothing, but if it's something you'll he'll you tell, know, it'll and, tell I'll, him I'll and, and he'll and he'll work on it so it's um it's nice to have support that is there when you need it if you need it um but yeah, it's been very rewarding.
1: Now, when you're in uh, a, a potential franchisee, that if you were giving advice, is this something you got to be really immersed in the community? This isn't something that you're going to write a check and then somebody else is going to run this. This is the more immersed in the in the business and the day to day and getting to know your customer then the best better chance you have of being successful. Absolutely,
0: I, I firmly believe that, and and I'm not the typical owner. I'm an operator. I'm mm-hmm. not considering myself an owner. I work every single day. Um, and I'm, I'm the guy that I, I feel that if some people, some are given the opportunity to maybe steal from you, you better watch the back door. You could have food going out the back door. You could have food not being rung up. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to give my friend a free orange juice or right. I'm the guy that's watching that. And I'm, I don't, I'm there. I'm watching. Um, I very rarely take vacation, but you can, you know, if you, you build your people up and you train your people and you you put up the expectation, we, we, we sometimes take vacation, but we're, (laughs) we're getting there. I'm just that old school, old fashioned guy.
1: But now if you're giving advice to this franchisee, how would you tell them to train the people? What are some of the things you would recommend based on your experience of, of dealing with so many people?
0: Well, you know, there's a smile goes a long way, especially in the front. Um,
1: it's hard to train smiling.
0: It is. Yeah. And you should be able to pick that up in the interview. Right. So
1: mm-hmm. hire so, smilers. That's right. Rather <laughs> than train non smilers to be smiling. Correct. But people can also
0: <laughs> read phony. So make right. sure you know yeah. you, you don't go to the other side of that. But I believe that you can get that in the interview if you ask the right questions. Um, I train my people. I, I train based on. I do more back of house training. I have a staff in the front that's really good at what they do. So I kind of. Let them handle that. But in the back, it's watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me. I'll watch you. I'll watch you. I'll watch you. Mm -hmm. That's how we train it in. And now they know my expectation, what that omelet's supposed to look like, what those eggs are supposed to look like. And then I will watch them. No, do this. Let it cook a little bit longer. You're flipping it too early. You know, just little little tidbits of 20-some years doing this that they can't read in a book. You know, this is is where it comes from. The YouTube videos, not going to do justice. No, no, right. 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 Exactly. (laughs) You know, not everybody has uh, – and Mike does
2: exactly what he talks mm-hmm. about. They're passionate about the standards in his restaurant, uh, really passionate about his people as well. Um, we're really focused also in, in making sure we provide the support, the training, and the support for people that don't have an experience uh, mm-hmm. experience background like Mike does uh, to give them the tools and the capabilities and the confidence to be doing what Mike is doing now. Um, you asked the question a minute ago about how involved uh, our, our franchisees are. Our concept is not really developed to be or designed to be an absentee owner type right. uh, business investment. At as, this time, at this commercial point, commercial.
1: Th- at, at this time, that's the way that it is. That your best success is based on a owner operator.
2: Absolutely. Um, so that's yeah, what you're but, looking but, for, but, though, right? I, I have a number of franchise partners that um, have multiple restaurants, right? But they're involved in in their restaurants mm-hmm. on a day to day basis, right? So absentee mm-hmm. owner in the context of I'm going to write a check, and, and they're in and the
1: Bahamas. And, and the sure. and, difference and between abdicate and delegate. Sure, yeah. absolutely,
2: <laughs> because it's it is uh you you've got to make sure that spirit that Mike was talking about, and that attitude is present every day, but also that that outreach to the community. Uh, Mike's got some great examples about what he he and Judy do in their communities to uh, get connected. But they would be um, I that's how you really optimize or maximize the potential of exit Mm -hmm. grill.
1: So talk about your involvement in the community. And was that by design or by accident or people at, you know, that just part of your DNA?
0: No, that's, it's part of my DNA. I would say I'm, I'm big into, um, visual people seeing your name. I -hmm. think that they, um, associate a good deed. No, I sponsor a lot of sporting sports teams. I sponsor a lot of, uh, golf tournaments um church outings uh they want to do a pancake breakfast with santa you know they'll ask for some batter you know we'll contribute some batter right. and that's a give us a sign and we'll put it up and everybody that comes through we'll see who donated the batter um that's the kind of I believe in direct mail I don't believe um <clears throat> I think the people need That's to see this it.
1: internet thing's not catching well, on.
0: <laughs> again, I, I'm, I might be the o- oldest person in this room, so I'm old, old fashioned when it comes to that. So,
1: so do you have Facebook page and yeah. the social media? Oh, yeah. Is that mm-hmm. through the kind of franchise, or is that stuff you're doing locally?
0: It was it was brought to my attention. Or your kids
1: and, are doing this? <laughs> they, they teach me how to do, go on
0: it. Um, it was brought to me probably four years ago when I was like, "Ah, I'm not going to do any of that. And Skip and Chris brought on a a, a, a social media company that brought it to me and they put it to me said, Mike, these people that are on Yelp, that are on Google, that are putting all these comments out there, they're doing it whether you want it or not. (laughs) Right. what they're looking for is a virtual handshake is the term she used. Mm-hmm. Respond to them. Say thank you for your visit. Say you know That's what they're looking for. And, again, you might as well be in front of it because it's there, whether you like it or right. not. That's so what they then, say
1: about branding. You're branding whether mm-hmm. you want to or not. So that's
0: at that point, I said, well, I guess I'm going to get on board. Um, somebody show me how. How do I
1: do this? So you took that on yourself?
0: I did, but then as it grew and grew, they handle
1: a lot of that. The,
0: of all of that, and and now with our new um, partners with St. John, they do a lot of it. It's um, it, you know, it's a world that I'm not real familiar with, but I know it's out there. And I, you better be you have to address you it. You got right? to address yeah. it.
2: And it's a um, it, Mike and Judy do a great job with theirs. It's a combination of both. You asked earlier, is that something that the brand does or the agency does? It's a combination of both. What we provide at the brand is assets for uh, promotional activities or creative that you might want to put on your Facebook page we help new franchisees that may not be familiar with it get their Facebook pages set up we're very active on uh, Instagram both as a so all the different multimedia channels or social media channels we've got we have a presence on we provide at uh, so it's a combination of brand activation and uh local franchise partners doing their own pages as well mm-hmm. and we provide uh, access for those Mike was also referencing the guest comments that we get back through social media platforms and right like those
1: review sites
2: absolutely we we, we're running about a thousand a month that we receive on exit grill so we're um, it's it's very active for us on there we're running about a 4.5 4.6 average score across the system that was another thing with the long tenure I have in the industry when I saw that about exit grill that's good those (laughs) really good (laughs) ratings and it's very consistent across the restaurants Mm -hmm. and uh, I think think is a real endorser of the difference that mike was talking about earlier the smiles on faces how we make people feel inside the restaurant just not what are the tactical products we provide to them
1: so now talk about the growth in atlanta what do you what do you see happening here in this market
0: oh i see there's a golden goose sitting here in atlanta mm-hmm. for somebody um
1: not you well i don't not i don't know judy what about if it judy? were just me i
0: <laughs> would be probably but being that i My roommate will not say, no, 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 no. Nope. This is it. This is it. Uh, Your, your new wife can do this with you if you like, but your current wife, no, we are, we're happy with what we've got. And, um, we're not in this to become millionaires. We're just in this to have a nice life, spend time with our children and our community and, um, Go
1: on. Now, Ricky, yeah. that's okay. You're good with franchisees uh, that want to do that, right?
2: Absolutely. And as I was saying earlier, we have ranges from uh, franchise partners that have a uh, have a single restaurant to those that currently have our, lar- uh, our current largest franchisee has four restaurants. We have a new franchise partner that will be opening their first restaurant in Wilmington, North Carolina uh, in December, and that's mm-hmm. the first of six that they've signed up for. Um, we have uh, active conversations in the metropolitan Atlanta area right now with five different groups. Five uh,
1: different five groups. Five
2: different groups that uh, I would anticipate over the next 90 days we'll get the majority of those signed. Uh, most of those are single owner operated with the intention to start off with mm-hmm. one. And then as they uh, as they're successful, continue to grow their business. So we see a lot of opportunity in Atlanta. And Mike and Judy have been a – Uh, A terrific proof proof point for us with the success of their two restaurants is we've um, really started amplifying our efforts to grow the brand over the last uh, six to eight months.
1: And, Mike, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and uh, find one of your restaurants, what's the coordinates, website, or where should they go?
0: EggsUpGrill.com, backslash Roswell, or backslash um, Alpharetta. So the
1: EggsUpGrill.com is kind of the homepage for the whole… Yeah. Uh, restaurant chain and then you can find your location right by
0: location that- and i'm typically at the roswell store five days out of the week and i'm in alpharetta one to two days out of the week um or you can email me or call me and i'll meet you anywhere you want to meet <laughs> it's uh as you can tell, my life is restaurant. And then what's
1: your favorite meal at the restaurant? What's oh, your go-to? Oh,
0: it's corned beef hash Benedict, without a doubt. Every without day?
1: How many days a ah, week?
0: No, no, no. I can't.
1: <laughs> what's your cardiologist say is the recommended amount of the
0: <laughs> Maybe once a month, that, but uh, I, I don't listen to my cardiologist very often, as you can tell. It's it's a, uh, great, it's a great keto platform. <laughs> We've got right. a lot of flexibility for keto.
1: That's a whole keto menu. Is yeah, right so now Ricky, if somebody wants to learn more about this as an opportunity, what's your kind of in your head the profile of the ideal candidate?
2: You know we we uh, I think that this is a, a fantastic uh, opportunity for that individual looking to be the um, looking to be the boss, have their own business, be the boss of their own. It needs to be somebody that really is, uh, really enjoys service, really enjoys, uh, interaction with people.
1: That but, same smiling rule works abso- in, this, in this job you, too, right? You have, yeah. you
2: have to, you have to come to this with an excitement and energy about it. And it, it's about being your own business owner. It's about, uh, really enjoying the interaction with people. It's about the, uh, you know, passion for standards and experience. The lifestyle is a huge appeal for us. Uh, we've got a strong business model. We've got a very approachable, approachable investment cost for the restaurant industry as well. We're also talking uh, actively with uh, existing franchisees of other concepts. This would be a great uh, portfolio, uh, addition to an investment portfolio for another franchisee. That's In what the type Instagram. of
1: franchise is a good match or it doesn't matter? You, you know, I, it would need to be, as I was uh,
2: alluding to earlier, it would need to be somebody that is actively involved with with um, with their businesses again, not a not a absentee owner, not somebody just to write a check as an investment and put mm-hmm. uh, give it to somebody else. They either want to do this themselves or have an organization where they're involved in their business on a day to day basis. Uh, one of the ways I try to describe this, you know, there are some concepts that. Um, as a franchisee, I can be actively involved in my business, but I'm depending on the brand to do all the marketing. Mm-hmm. I'm d- depending on the brand to drive all the new guests and uh, drive frequency into my restaurants or drive new guests in. All I need to focus on is kind of the manufacturing aspects. Right. I need to keep my restaurants clean. I need to be really efficient in how I deliver the experience. But the brand through mass media is going to do the majority of the outreach to drive people in. We need people that are passionate about those standards, passionate about service, but also excited about the opportunity to take this brand to their community. Right. And, 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 and evangelize. Be, yeah, and evangelize the, the content. Right. Be proud of that and see that as a, uh, and, and understand that that's a real differentiating factor for our brand mm-hmm. and that's how you make it the most successful. And you can find that, you can find that in a lot of people that have lots of restaurants. Right. It's just a passion they bring to their business. That would be an example of the profile we would be looking for.
1: So now, has this been what you imagine it to be? It's been much more.
2: It's, uh, it, it is, uh, you know, the, Mike is a terrific example of the type of people we have in the business that they love what they do. They're passionate about it as, as well. Some of them take a little bit more time off than Mike does, but,
1: uh, <laughs> and you can do that. <laughs> yes, absolutely.
2: I think that's just how, how Mike is wired. He's, he's, he and I are a bit share a little bit of that old school approach to this. Um, I still haven't figured out how to get those hours of operation to the corporate office though. So that's two, I, I, two o'clock. o'clock you know, that two I haven't o'clock figured closed. that out. I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> or ask somebody like Mike, but yeah, it's, it is, uh, the, it's been more than I expected coming into it in a very positive way.
1: Well, good stuff. Well, thank you both for sharing your story today.
0: It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and thanks very much.
1: one more time before we wrap, uh, Ricky, the website for uh, franchisees, potential franchisees, can, and kind of customers as well.
2: You can go to Uh Across the uh, homepage, you will see a link to our franchise website. Mm-hmm. And we've got a lot of uh, really uh, cool information on there to provide to you. And uh, you can um, call us as well. But uh, I don't know the number off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, I apologize. Uh, well, I have a number here. Uh, I don't, thank you. I don't it's eight six four. That's not the number I have. So okay. it might be your cell phone number. And someone's calling now, probably. See, <laughs> that's how this works. Already for <laughs> right, it. Sorry that was, about that. I that was so much for turning it on silent when I walked <laughs> yeah. in. Well, thank you again for sharing your story. Uh, this is Lee Cantor for Stone Paid. and we will see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.